All right. So hello. We are joined by Ernie Johnson from Myrtle Beach, North Carolina. How are you? South, South Carolina. South Carolina. Yes. I already got something wrong about the Carolinas. I've never been down there. Sorry. Well, well I'm going to tell you, while there are some things to do here and it is a lot of fun, uh, it's definitely more of a visit place. Um, there are lots of things to do here, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of over it. I've been here for 40 of my 41 years of life. Oh, you've been there your whole life too. Yeah. We're like the same age. I've been in Minnesota my whole life too. And it's been like, just boring here. I need to get out of here too. Well, I would say I've definitely never had a desire to go to Minnesota. No, I don't. You don't. It's not, it's not that good unless you come here in the summertime, but uh -huh. it's like three months. Yeah. But Myrtle beach is actually a place I was looking at visiting. So I heard they have some nice beach wheelchairs down there on the beach and stuff. You know, it kind of depends on where you go. Uh, one of the organizations that I'm with, we we got our own chairs designed for us. And I actually did a fundraiser to get my own personal. So okay. we, we have, I think, four with my group. And if you do okay. decide to come, I, I will absolutely make sure you get one of those chairs. Okay. So that's how it's set up. It's not like in Miami yet where you can just go to the lifeguard station and like go ask for one. Well, no, it is just, however, the ones that the city own, they aren't yeah. very comfortable. Oh, I know. They're right. At all. They're just, they're very uncomfortable. And you know, clearly you have a disability as well. Comfort is one of our main. Yeah. Goals. Is it like plastic seats or something? Is that what's yeah, going like on? PV, it's like PVC pipes and yeah. these big gigantic chairs. And I don't, I guess you haven't really seen much of my social media, but the, the mm -hmm. ones that we have, they're actually uh, tripods. There's one on the front, two on the side. Yep, and there's yep. big handles and you can kick your feet up. They're just much more comfortable than the ones oh, that the nice. city provides. Well, that'd be awesome. Well, thanks for offering. I probably will come down at some point. We'll see. Maybe you'll be gone though, <laughs> but I'll ask you. So what's the organization that you're talking about that has the beach chairs? Well, there are two organizations that I spend a lot of my time with. One is called uh, Coastal Adaptive Sports. Mm -hmm. And it's an organization that started from um, a friend of mine who introduced me to adaptive surfing. Okay. And they do adaptive surfing. We do bike rides. Uh, we do basketball. And they used to do archery. But, you know, more so than all of that, we just, we get together. Um, and, and every week, and especially, you know, with the way COVID has been, a lot of our surfing events have been shut down. Mm -hmm. But we still have beach weekends almost every weekend. Oh, and we'll just good. go out to the beach and we're there for four or five hours. I mean, it's just, it's a really good group of people. And for the most part, they're very selfless and they just want to help. And it's just, it's a really good group. And then the other group is a uh, surf dreams foundation. Okay. And that's the organization who actually paid for my last surfboard. Cool. And they're just phenomenal. Phil Jackson, he does a lot of things, especially with the kids in the community. Okay. But um, yeah. So if you do decide to come, you know, I can definitely set you up with one or both organizations and we can figure something out for you. Are you Phil, jo Phil Jackson, not the bulls coach? No, it's a different, more awesome Phil Jackson. Okay. He, he, calls, himself, he calls himself uh, Belly Slater. Um, he is he is one of the most awesome guys that you'll ever meet. Full of personality, but he's thoughtful. He's kind. He's hardworking. I mean, he's just a great guy. And it's the same with with Luke Sharp, who's mm -hmm. uh, primarily in charge of uh, Coastal Adaptive Sports. Mm -hmm. Same thing. He's just one of the most loving, caring, genuine, sincere people you'll ever meet. So. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed to have great people around me. It sounds like they're pretty cool organizations down there in South Carolina for people with spinal cord injuries. Um, do you have to have a spinal cord injury to be involved or is they open to anyone really with um, mobility problems? Well, actually, you know, 
with Phil's organization, Surf Dreams Foundation, he really focuses more on surfing and just giving back to the community. community. Yeah. They do events called um, Take a Kid Surfing. And they get out there and there's 50 or 60 kids and they're teaching them how to surf. Nice. But, but Phil and I are the same age. And so he knew my story because his town is probably 10 miles from where I grew up. Okay. And once I got involved with surfing, you know, he and I just kind of connected and we just, we get along really well. So yeah. he doesn't really specifically tailored towards spinal cord injuries. I just kind of got lucky with Phil and the organization. <laughs> okay. But Coastal Adaptive Sports, they okay. that's their focus. And they're all types of people with all different types of disabilities. Man, that sounds great. I mean, that's so cool. So if you show up on vacation, they'll help you out too, even if you're not living there. Absolutely. And like, a, like our bike rides, uh, basketball, and uh, what specifically those, there are lots of able-bodied people who are there helping. They're sometimes just riding or they get in the adaptive wheelchairs and play basketball. You know, we invite everybody out, family, kids, husbands, wives. I mean, everyone, everyone's welcome to come. And when I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm gonna, I was about to say, what are they still doing all this right now during COVID too? Um, no. Or part of it, is, yeah. They, they, well, I'm not sure about basketball. Um, basketball is pretty much run by my friend, Jesse. He, uh, mm -hmm. he moved down from North Carolina, he's a, he's a vet. And he kind of runs that organization. I'm not sure what they've been doing. The okay. bike rides uh, kind of got cut back. I think they yeah. used to go every Sunday or every other Sunday, but now it's down to once a month and it's outside. So, you know, it's, it's COVID friendly, cool. but um, so it hasn't been mm -hmm. as frequent as it had been in the past, but they still make an effort to get people out. All right. Well, I need to, let's start back with how you were injured. I already know a little bit because I did some research, but I know people who are listening, well, maybe they don't know. So let's start with how you were injured, please, if you don't mind. Yeah. you the nutshell version. And if you want to ask me more questions, you feel free. Yeah. So in 1997, I was playing in a preseason uh, pre high school football game. It was actually the Friday before my senior year of high school was supposed to start. Um, I was one of the deep guys on kickoff return. And, you know, usually the ball gets kicked and it goes straight in the air all the way back to the deep guys and it takes about five seconds. <laughs> well, this time it was a squib kick. So the ball rolled and bounced and instead of the ball taking five seconds to get back to us, it took eight seconds to get back to us, which oh. puts the defense that much closer. So I was trying to pick the ball up but my teammate picked it up just before I did. And as I was on my way up, there was a guy probably about four or five yards away from me and he was full speed. And, you know, I was only 155 pounds, but kind contact was my favorite part of football. And so I saw him, but I wasn't at the proper angle to, to make contact with him. And so just instinctively, I kind of like braced myself and he hit the crown of my helmet and my fourth vertebrae exploded. It literally blew up, which ended up being somewhat of a blessing in disguise because if it had broken in half, my injury would have been complete. But because of the bone exploding, I just kind of chipped around the exterior of my spinal cord. That is a good thing. Why yeah. I have so much more function than other quads. Like I, yeah. have, I have full tri. I've never lost any of my triceps. Yeah. You look like a C7 quadriplegic or appear as such when yeah. your mobility, which is awesome. That's almost paraplegic. Almost. <laughs> almost. almost. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. just a cut. That mean you're a full, you're able to do all your own cares and everything. And all um, that? I do everything except bow by myself. That's, That's harder hard. to do. You need dexterity, right? Yeah, you can't. And, and magic bullets don't work for me. So oh. I, I use enemies and yep. with the enemies yep. I'm in and out and I can't squeeze them. I mean, there was, there was one night where I couldn't get anyone to help me. And I thought, <laughs> 
I'm either going to blow up or I'm going to figure this thing out myself, right? (laughs) So somehow that night I got it in the right spot and I was able to squeeze enough out that I had a tiny, a tiny bowel movement. Oh, you poor thing. That sounds horrible. Oh, those things are hard to squeeze. I always tell my PCAs. Squeeze it tight. Yeah, yeah. It's and and then when your when your back is arched and you're reaching my like it's just it was it's nearly impossible. So outside of you know, my bowel program, but again, mm-hmm. I have great family. I have great friends. I don't. That's good. I have so many people. Like I, I don't have anyone that comes in like home health. I just have okay. friends and family. No way. Me. So do you have like a schedule then with this kind of thing for people to help you out like this, or do you just call when you need help? Because that's kind of crazy. Um, I just call when I need help. No way. I mean, you have nice family. That's really I good. Mean, yeah. Kind of lucky or blessed, you know, whatever the terminology or semantics you want you to are. use. Well, with my with my injury, I can feel everything. Okay. Like, so I know when I have to pee and I know when I have to poop. Wow. So, very incomplete. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. then I just, and again, everyone's close to where I live is not really central, mm-hmm. but I have people seven miles west of me and seven miles east of me. And if I'm ever in a bind, I got to do is, you know, send a text. Nice. And, and help me. Well, that's pretty good. Your family must be pretty nice if they want to help you. It's awesome. My community is awesome. I have the best friends small town then is that where you're at a little town it is it's small ish mm-hmm. um myrtle beach is a big tourist area and we get lots of people in and out and you know us mm-hmm. locals hate that because traffic is always bad <laughs> but but yeah the the town that i grew up in i mean i guess it's small ish you know mm-hmm. when i was a freshman in high school my senior class was 800 okay but only 300 of us graduated so that's kind of average size town I guess okay well that's crazy so getting hurt in high school I mean that's hard I was hurt when I was 14 so I know a little bit about that and then I I know rehab is hard so how long were you in rehab for did you go back to high school in a wheelchair what was that like it was interesting you're asking some really good questions you are good at this oh thank you so just before my senior year. So the first, I was in the hospital from August 21st until October 3rd. Okay. And then when I got back home, um, I had this angel come and homeschool me. Mm-hmm. And she was just the most amazing woman. And so she homeschooled me for, from the end of October until December, you know, so going into my senior year, I only need three credit, three nice. credits to graduate high school. That's so good. She came in and she taught me English at home and then my second semester of my senior year I went back to school but I only needed English and went elective so I took course and I took English mm-hmm. and it was you know this was almost 24 years ago so you know there wasn't as many things accessible as far as research and who to reach out to to get knowledge about spinal cord injuries and what to do is just, it didn't yeah. exist then. The internet was barely, was barely it's, chugging yeah, in 97. We still dial-up. Bing, bing, <laughs> Listen, so, so I didn't know, like I didn't have any type of resources to know what other people were doing. Yeah. And so they, t- I listened to what the doctors told me. You can't write, you can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, no. You're going to have to have someone with you all the time. Yeah. And I thought, again, I'm 17. I'm, 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 right. naive, I'm wet behind. So I just yeah. listened. Yeah. And so I didn't really challenge myself and I didn't push myself. Um, but I will say I had a halo on from oh, yeah. August until 
I want to say November. And it, you know, that makes it even more challenging. But once the halo came off and I started yeah. kind of getting my feet wet with what life is going to be like, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't really, I don't want to make, I don't want to be insulting to anyone else. I just yeah. I don't want to be insulting because it's kind of hard whenever I speak to other people with spinal cord injuries that I had so much support from my family and my community that I'm not going to say it was hard to be depressed, mm-hmm. but they made life so much easier yeah. from just from the emotional and the physical uh, support. It was just That's it was wonderful. Really- you know, it's beautiful to hear because, you know, I, I've interviewed a lot of people and sometimes people get forgotten and they end yeah. up in nursing homes. So, you know what? You're lucky. Listen, you listen. Yeah. And <laughs> with, with the things that I've done in my life, I make sure that I give credit to those people around me, you know, whether it's, mm-hmm. I know you're going to ask some more questions, but all of my extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. work, just yeah. everything. I'm surrounded by the most amazing people God has ever put on this earth. And you can shout them out as much as you want to during the podcast. You can just keep doing it. I don't mind because I think they yeah. deserve it because I know when people make a difference, you should do do that. So, all right. So now I, find, I was like surprised when I was researching you tonight that I, I was like, you body, you're a bodybuilder. Ish. Now, are you still doing that? Because I know that's hard to keep up. You got to eat chicken all the time. Oh my gosh. It is the most <laughs> exhausting thing I have ever done in my life. Okay. It, Tell us it, about it. It is, it is literally a part-time job, okay. cooking and cleaning and eating. And it, it is. It's such a strict schedule. And it's just weird because I naturally have a, a high metabolism. So in order for me not to lose weight, I have to have 2,500 calories a day. Oh, wow. And then to gain weight, I need to have 3,500 calories a day. Well, when you're eating clean, healthy food, it's gluttonous almost. It is exhausting. And so I'm shoving this food in my face every two and a half hours. And here, here was the weird part for me. Yeah. Like I'm eating and I get full. Like I, I, I can't finish this. And like, I really feel like I'm about to bust. But an hour later, my stomach is growling. Oh, it is the weirdest thing ever. So no, I am no longer doing competitive bodybuilding. All right. Well, the photos look good. I got to say, you look good when you were um, super, you know, whatever words you want to say, bulked out or whatever. Yes. Words you guys yes. Use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. It is, it's definitely a lot of work. It's a lot of discipline. And that was really why I decided to do it mm-hmm. was because, so Initially, what happened is I was up late one night and um, I was married at the time. My ex-wife was laying in bed beside me mm-hmm. and I just I was I was just bored in life. And I was just thinking, you know, what else can I do to have fun? So I started Googling things to do from a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frank Dalto, you said shout out to names. Frank Dalto is a promoter. Yeah. He lives in Florida in uh, Palm Beach. Okay. And he does a show and it's, it's wheelchair nationals. At the time, it was the only qualifier, pro qualifier for wheelchair users. And he was amazing. He paid for your airfare. He paid for um, the hotel while you were there. So in my mind, worst case scenario, it's a free trip to West Palm Beach. That's nice too. Right. So I went and I fell in love with competition again, not necessarily competing in bodybuilding, but the challenge of, because before that, I was afraid that I wouldn't be as competitive as I was because when I was in high school, I was really good. And, you know, it's just, it's a little different, you know, when you can't compete the same. And no. so I was afraid 
but after I got that itch from that first bodybuilding competition, it just kind of opened up the doors for me to try so many other new things. Is there still a lot of people in wheelchairs doing bodybuilding? It's still a thing, right? It's it is group. absolutely a thing. And it's gotten mm -hmm. bigger and bigger. Now I think there are either three or four national qualifiers for a professional and they're on the Olympia stage. There, there's the Arnold Classic. And I don't know how much you know about bodybuilding, mm -hmm. but, uh, but Olympia and Arnold are the two biggest bodybuilding competitions in the world. Awesome. And now there's a wheelchair division in both of those competitions. So yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, I don't want to do it anymore, <laughs> but, but no, yes. it's definitely still growing. There are lots That's of great. people out there doing it. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Now, surfing is what you're passionate about at this moment in your life, right? Now you won championships. I was, I was reading this. So what year did you start surfing? Like, was it not too long ago? It was actually that same year that I did okay. that bodybuilding competition. Oh, it's okay. It That's a while. It yeah. gave me that itch to be competitive. So if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. it was 2016. Mm -hmm. Five years, five and, years ago. Mm -hmm. And so that first year, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Mm -hmm. I sucked <laughs> and it was terrible. It was miserable. I hated okay. it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it for the first whole year. <laughs> oh, and no. so here's why one, you know, I just wasn't comfortable in the water. I was afraid to fall off the board. I was terrified. Uh, yeah. So before my accident, swimming was probably my favorite thing to do. I would go and body, body surf for hours. Oh, yeah. so, I love the yeah. ocean. Yeah. So I was so mm -hmm. afraid. So that first year I stayed afraid. So there's, there's tandem surfing, there's prone assist and there's prone. Okay. Tandem, someone stays on the board with you. Okay. If, if you come, that's probably what we'll do is we'll have yeah. to stay on the board with you. So yeah, because yes. it's yes. I'm not yet. No, I would definitely like to do that tandem. Mm -hmm. You should definitely come do it. But we'll talk more about that later. I'll be there. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and then prone assist is where someone takes you out and they push you into the wave. And then once they push you, you know, then you, you use your shoulders, elbows, and to lean side to side to make the board move. Okay. And there's the prone division. And those guys go out by themselves with no oh assistance at all. That's crazy, man. And do they wear some life jackets? So you're saying- I do. Not yeah. everyone does. Um, some, some of the guys that I surf with, yeah. they were, oh, I, don't, I can swim. I don't need a life jacket. And oh, really? Okay. And, and, and listen, mm -hmm. they were both amazing swimmers. There's no doubt about it. That's crazy. But however- with yeah. the current and big waves and strong waves. Yes. So, so one of my, one of my really good friends, Brock Johnson, he was the one who started um, the will to, will to surf the organization that does most yeah. of the surf events here. And he, listen, when I tell you, he's an amazing swimmer. I went mm -hmm. to the pool with him and he swims like, like 30 laps. Like, he's a quad. Like, is he a quad or a parent? He's a quad. What? And How? He has, he has less function than I do, and it is remarkable to see him in the pool. Is I, he a com is he complete or incomplete triceps? He's, he's, he's incomplete. Yeah. Um. He's I think he's C five C six. But again, he has less function than I do, and when he That's gets great. in that water, listen, it's impressive. I want to see absolutely it. impressive. Yeah. But um. Yes. So he he uh he got me involved. Like he was kind of on me to get to get into surfing. That's great. Know. Um, right. You know, when you, when you learn how to swim as a quad, I mean, does it take some time? I mean, cause I know a lady who can swim as a quad and it took her some time. You just got to learn how to float, right. And learn your body movement in the water kind of differently. Okay. So let's get back to the life jacket thing. Yeah. That's why I wear a life jacket is because yeah. I am not the best swimmer. I, I, yeah. I can't swim. I can. I'm more of a not drowner. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I do well enough not to drown, <laughs> but I would not call myself a swimmer. Like if you throw me in the pool, I can yeah. swim to the edge of the pool. Can all right, I that's just, good. We went to, I'm sorry, excuse me. We went to Costa Rica about right. two years ago. And there's a place in Costa Rica, I think it's called uh, Manuel Marquez. It's like an outside zoo. And at the bottom of the zoo, there's this lagoon where people just kind of hang out. Ooh, I love lagoons. It uh, it was amazing. It was absolutely (laughs) amazing. So we get in there and Brock is out there clear without his life jacket on. There aren't any waves or anything. And he's just sitting there floating and swimming. And he's a little more uh, buoyant than I am. Yeah. and like, he just, he's out there killing it. And nice. so Luke, nice. one of the guys uh, from the other organization, he goes out with me and he goes, you good? I said, I don't know. And he lets me go and I float well enough just for my nose to go under the water. <laughs> oh, no, scary. Like, I don't float. Like if I start swimming and doing backstroke, I can swim. But the moment I stop, it's like a court. I just start, I just start, I just start bobbing. So I'm not the greatest swimmer. I, yeah, it's hard. I used to be a wonderful swimmer and I cannot swim at all. And it hurts my soul a little bit. There's a cool like suit you can buy. It's called the float suit and you can put it on and it helps you float in the water. Have you heard about this thing? I have not heard about that. It's expensive. It's for made for quads. It's helped us. This quadriplegic invented it. He puts it on when he swims. Then he actually, it helps him stay upright in the pool like that. Let's say it's crazy. You said expensive. Let's it's expensive. I'll, I'll send you the link. Okay. But anyway, so yeah. when you learn finally how to get comfortable and decide to surf again um, on your belly, right? It's you don't we don't call it bodyboarding though, right? Even though you are on your bo- your belly, kind of. Um. Yeah. So bodyboarding and boogie boarding are. I mean, it's semantically, it's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. We're just doing it on a surfboard because. Oh. Why? Because the difference is, and this is something I'm working on myself, when your legs drag in the water, it slows the board down. Yeah. So, so you mm-hmm. lose speed and you lose timing. And so it's harder to, to do maneuvers on the waves with your legs dragging. So yeah. in theory, what we try to do is get our legs on the board and that okay. way the board works the way it's supposed to. So I'm kind of in between, like right now, my legs drag off to the side a little bit, but we're working on keeping my legs on the board. And when we do, Mm-hmm. The board moves so much easier and so much faster. I mean, it, it, there, there's really, there's a lot to it. And like you said, I've been doing it. That first year I was terrible. Yes. So the first year I, I really don't like to count. So I like to tell mm-hmm. people I've been surfing for four years. Okay, four that, years that first, we'll say. That first was a wash. So, <laughs> so that first year I did tandem the entire year. Okay. And it was that following spring where I went out with the guy that I surfed with probably about 95% of the time now. His name is Tyler Watkins. I was with Tyler, Luke, and a few other people. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that I fell off of my board and I didn't panic. Oh. Like I was like, oh, it's okay. And it was at that moment where I started, you know, learning nice. and becoming pretty good at it. That is amazing. I, I, I could go on and on asking the details of surfing, but I, I kind of probably shouldn't because it could be a long podcast. I do have one question. Do you ever use the wave jet? It's that little motor thing that I've heard. You can slap on a surfboard and it shoots you across the water. I have not. I have seen other people do it. It does look fun and, it, and it's very helpful. Yeah. I kind of like the challenge of controlling the board myself because mm-hmm. I've gotten so much better and I've grown That's so much cool. over the years and I'm still getting better. And it's just, I was just out a few weeks ago and people on the beach that haven't seen me surf in a while, they go, oh my gosh, I can't believe how good you've gotten. And it's just because Tyler and I put in the work. I mean, we're out there all the time surfing and we watch, that is so cool. we watch film and it's just, 
I really love it. That's so, I mean, you must feel so pumped up when you're out there, like on a wave and like, do you ever go through a wave? Like, you know, when you're in a wave? Oh, you don't, you don't have a choice sometimes. And that part is not I've seen that. That's not awesome. That is not fun for me. No, it's not. It's getting, it's... I'm getting smacked in the face. There's <laughs> no, that is, that's the hard part. So what's the ideal situation? You just want to take it smooth on a nice gradual wave. Is that kind of the goal or do you want to go fast? You know, that's one of the things about surfing that I love. Yeah. It's the one sport that changes every time you go out there mm. because you have no control over the ocean. Sounds you know, sometimes nice. the waves are one feet, one foot yeah. tall. And the next time they're five feet tall. One yeah. day they're closing out. And you have to get in and out real quick. And then one day it's a long, slow ride like you just described. So it just uh, it really all depends on the day. Ideally for me, I like three to four foot waves yeah. that I can carve and go up, like go up and down on the wave. And I'm working on some new stuff, but that's my ideal wave. So if anyone's listening and they're like, I would love to try this. This sounds like something I would like to try. Do you have any advice or anything you'd like to say to that person right now? Well, you know, first and foremost, you need a beach. Okay, because I've had quite a few people from the Midwest, you know, try to, you know, say they want to get involved. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm a little biased because the organization that we have here, they got me involved. And I've just, we've taken a trip. That's why we went to Costa Rica was we went to introduce adaptive surfing to the, to the locals in Costa Rica. That's so So right. We Mm. go to San Diego, we go to Costa Rica. They went, I think, I'm not sure if it was Panama but before COVID hit, you know, we were going to go to the UK. We were considering going to Portugal. Like we do cool. a lot of traveling. So wow. Find mm. an organization. Okay. And ours is the only one. Um, there's another one that's based out of North Carolina. Uh, I think the guy's name is Jesse Billauer mm-hmm. or something like that. I know Jesse Billauer. Life rolls on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he has an organization there, but you just yeah. have to find somewhere that have people that yes. have experience. Yes, all you guys, whether you're in California, they have the life rolls on people. And I know they do stuff other on East Coast once in a blue moon, but you guys sounds like you have the lockdown there in the South Carolina area and your organization. Will mm-hmm. to Surf, we do a, we do five really big events a year and it's up and down the coast. They go all the way up to North Carolina and all the way down to Charleston on the okay. South side. Okay. But like I said before, it's almost every other weekend we have little small ones. Ow. So if you ever have a chance to come out to this area, I'll make sure you get in the water. That's a lot. Every other weekend, you guys really, really, really do a lot for the community down there. And once again, what's the name of the of the? And there, so people just know right now. Okay, so the 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 big organization that does all of the sports is called Coastal Adaptive Sports. Coastal and Adaptive Sports, okay. and it's on Facebook. But the mm-hmm. the, the group that uh, focuses on surfing is called Will to Surf. Will to Surf, and cool. that was and okay. that was uh, started by my friend Brock Johnson and Luke Sharp. And Brandon awesome. Bellabar, I think. Yeah. All right. I could ask you a million questions right now, but I know you're tired. So I'm not going to um, b- keep you talking to me, but I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your, your story. Um, Ernie, I love your name too. It's super cute. Um, <laughs> and I will be talking to you, I'm sure online. And I'm going to share people's, um, your link to like your, your, so your Instagram. So people, if they want to, you know, communicate with you, they, they can do so on your, in your Instagram. Okay. It is at big earn 34 B I G E R N. Nice. And again, I want to thank you. You mm-hmm. have been phenomenal. <laughs> you are great at this. You ask thank you. great questions and hopefully you'll have me back on. I will totally have you back on. I went to a psychic once. She told me I had the Oprah Winfrey knob on my, on my palm. She's like, you're good at interviewing people. And I said, well, you thank you very fantastic. much. Fantastic. Thanks, Ernie. I love talking to you too. Yes, ma'am. All right. Have a good sleep. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thanks. All again. right. Bye. Nice to meet you too. Yep. Mm-hmm.